feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
is what it says here. Um, I think that's the first time we've allowed a song to play in its entirety at the beginning of the show, but so appropriate for tonight's um, topic of what's on your mind, speak life. So Rodney and I, Tamir, I don't know if he's he told you, but we had the show before the show today, which doesn't happen all the time, not not often, but we had the show before the show. Usually we have the show after the show, but we had a show before the show today about tonight's What's on your mind, session? So, yeah, he I'm told excited. me you all spoke for a while. We did, we did, we did, and the the topic was supposed to be something different for tonight. But after Rodney called earlier, not not tonight, but earlier, I thought Rodney, you just changed the topic because there were so many things that we were talking about and juggling and going on. And I was like, let's just do an open discussion for tonight. So hopefully. Um, and if, if people don't, I think we have enough going on, Rodney, to make it a couple of hours for this show. So, that being said, I guess let's just get right into it. There's no need to really read the episode info because, again, it's what's on your mind. Let's talk about it. So, you guys who, if you're listening um, by way of chat, through Facebook, iTunes, online, whatever it may be, we're just going to tell you now, Rodney and I are so full of, of, of stuff, I guess, that's on our mind that this will probably be a two-hour show and longer. Um, so just be prepared. At You should not wait until 10 for Central Time, 11 for Eastern Standard Time, so you should not wait just maybe when it gets closer to that time. If we're on, and I kind of think we will be, then go ahead and call in using the call-in number 818-691-7406 because what happens is at 10 o'clock Central Time, 11 Eastern, and wherever else you are, um, the if you're listening by chat or through the chat line, if you're listening online through Facebook, um, it cuts off. But if you're on the phone, we can go as long. If you listen through the, the number calling in 818-691-7406, we can stay on as long as we'd like to. So uh, we just encourage you to be open to participating tonight. There's so much going on, not just in the world, but in the lives of, of, of people today. And I think that's what that's what is causing so much to be going on in the world because we, we've not really learned to, or should I say we're not taking the time to address the things that are going on internally in our own lives, in our own space, and with, within the people that we've allowed into our circle, that there's so much chaos going on until we cannot, in most cases, we cannot thrive in the world. And the world alone is going to throw you some lemons. So if you take lemons into that same world um, without even considering making lemonade with those lemons, you're, you're, you've lost the battle. You, you, you're going to lose or you've already lost. So that being said, Rodney, I, I'm going to turn it over to you, maybe to start with the trash can, baby, and then I want to share the story that I shared with you today about my truck. Um, on Saturday, what happened to me? Because <laughs> so, I think that ties greatly into the the trash can uh, concept and just about what goes on in our mind, especially with the things that sometimes we don't even realize that 
just the things that we've become used to, accustomed to, and that has just become the norm. So if you want to just kind of let the people know, hopefully we have some new listeners and hopefully they'll they'll participate or just hear the message about the trash can and then we'll just get right into the show. Absolutely. So I'm going to talk about the trash can uh, concept that we have here on the Butterfly Evolution Show. And then what I'm going to do is share the information again, um, how you can uh, call into the show and uh, how you can join the conversation. And then what I want to do, Tammy, is uh, give the uh, give the stage, the microphone to Tamaria, just so um, <laughs> she can share something with us before she falls asleep. Uh, but... <laughs> But um, Hey, Rodney, before you go, I'm going to need to marry you. I don't know the artist. I don't know who sings this song. I should know by now, but tell how many her to stay woke. <laughs> ah, stay woke. And that's her favorite song. <laughs> no, I just like the beat. And when I heard the real lyrics, I was like, oh, that's not what I thought he was talking about. But, um, yeah, the beat is catchy. I'm going to. Uh, so, like. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna catch Tamari before she goes to sleep. So we're gonna get Tamari to stay woke and and knowing Tamari, you uh, if you get her hyped enough, uh, she'll stay woke. So so we'll see we'll see how long we're gonna get Tamari for tonight. Well, in my defense, I did stay up late. I played softball last night with Rodney's team, and we had a very long day, and it was a great day, by the way. And today I worked ten point two five hours. Praise the Lord, Saints. I'm off for the whole summer. But anyway, back <laughs> back to our trash can um concept that we have here on the Butterfly Evolution show. What we want you guys to do and and Tammy and I had this conversation earlier, but what we want you guys to do is think of a trash can in your home, maybe even in your office or wherever you have a trash can. And think about the fact that that trash can is usually in the same spot. And if you're like me, you sit behind your desk sometimes and if there's something that needs to go in the trash can, I like to play basketball with it, um, and I just toss my papers normally in the trash can. I can't see the trash can, but I know where the trash can is supposed to be or where it usually is, and so I literally ball up the paper and just, like, toss it in that direction. But what I'm going to do next year, in keeping with the spirit of this uh, show, is I'm going to move my trash can. If if my custodians don't move it for me and see how many times I toss my trash in the direction where I'm used to my trash can being. And... I want you guys to challenge yourselves if somebody else doesn't do it for you in the same manner. And that is move your trash can or something that's 
symbolizes what we're talking about, and that is habits, routines. What is it that you are used to? What is it that you are used to going back to? What is it that you have become comfortable with or so comfortable with that you know exactly where it's going to be, what time, what day, and take your trash can and move it to a different location and then see how often you go back and revisit its old location. Here on the Butterfly Evolution Show, we are about transformation. We are about change. We are about getting outside of what makes us feel comfortable, getting outside of what we are used to, and doing different things. And in keeping with that, when we go back to familiar things or old locations, familiar locations, keeping with that, Keep track of that because in keeping track of how often we revisit these familiar locations, it will tell you why you have become stagnant, why you keep looking backwards, why you cannot move forward. So just think about that tonight, tomorrow, and as long as you Tune in to this fabulous broadcast. And tonight, you guys are in for a treat. So what I want to do is I want to kind of get Tamaria to expound on something, Tammy, before we uh, go any further. And that is this weekend we finally watched the shack. And for those of you guys who uh, know Tammy, you've talked to Tammy within the last couple of months, you know Tammy um, really loves the shack. And this weekend, Tammy, I mean, Tamari and I finally watched the shack. And Tammy has been like encouraging us to watch this movie for the longest time. And Tamari said something um, after we watched the movie um, and I kind of want her to expound on it um, before we move forward. And that is, after watching the movie and seeing and even talking about forgiveness, Tamaria made a comment, um, Tammy, about when it comes to injustice, when it comes to racism, when it comes to um, the way that uh, society views or treats or handles situations where black men are killed by white police officers, she made a she made a comment about how she typically handles. Um, those situations and the thoughts that she has and the words 
um, that usually, I guess, go along with it. But she made a comment about that in relation in, in relation to watching the shack and forgiveness and things of that nature. So I kind of want um, to make to just expound on that and then her thoughts about the movie, The Shack. If you guys haven't seen it, I do encourage you guys to watch it. But just to to expound on that first part and then talk about her overall thoughts about The Shack in general. Tamaria? Hello. So I'm still up. I'm just... <laughs> um, but I thought it was a good movie, and I'm glad that we finally got a chance to watch it. But um, as it relates to Injustice, and um, Rodney and I actually ended up talking about my early interest in understanding how people could be so evil. Um, when I was younger, I used to study um, dictators, and I didn't understand how someone could murder hundreds, thousands, or millions of people and I know the word says to forgive, but I'm going to just be honest. I felt like those people should be punished for what they did here on earth. They shouldn't have the luxury of being able to get out of it by taking their life or by doing something where they don't have to pretty much suffer for what they did um, because I felt like it was wrong, and I didn't understand how someone could do that and that be the same as if somebody lied or the same as if somebody um, maybe they made a mistake and, and hit someone with a car versus the person who says, okay, I want you to kill all the Jews. Like, I didn't understand that. And so when I see the news now and I see the injustice, it frustrates me because I'm like, how is it that this is acceptable and these individuals don't see anything wrong with what they're doing. So when I watched the movie, um, one of the things that stood out to me was the scene with the gentleman and his father, and it made me realize if you know what other people have gone through and you see their story, it does make you empathize with them more, knowing that it may not be their fault that they have a twisted view of society. Um, and it really sucks because those people who are um, on the receiving end of the injustice, it's horrible for them and their families. But then when you see where they come from or you see what experiences they had, it makes you feel for them the same way you feel for the people who've been hurt by the beliefs that they have. And, I I told Rodney, I was like, I have been judgmental in my life um, as it relates to individuals who could do such horrible things to other people um, because I never understood it. And the reason that I wanted to study it a long time ago was because I wanted to help them and figure out why someone could do those things and not have any remorse because I just didn't understand it. And I was like, if we can figure out what causes it, maybe we can help them. Mm. Tamaria, did you, so, did you, if I could jump in for a minute before we lose this moment, what, just your perception 
what do you think causes it? What what if you had to just kind of pick one thing? Um, I'm just curious to know what you would pick that, that causes people to to do some of the things that we are seeing today. The enemy, the devil, spirits. It, that's what it is. It's a spiritual warfare because th- there's nothing else that can explain how someone could literally be that evil. Like the example I used with Rodney was Hitler. I'm pretty sure if I saw like Hitler's childhood and maybe if there was something going on where he had this weird distorted view, um, maybe I could understand it. And you know what? I'll give you guys an example. There's a book called The Trust Edge, and the author of that book, I went to Las Vegas to go through his training for his program, and he shared an example from his brother's life where his brother was robbed by someone of color. So to be honest, I can understand why if that man was walking down the street, he might be fearful of somebody else of color because of his experience. And it's the same thing when I saw that part in the movie and I realized I was like, even our parents, like individuals who may wrong us, people in the workplace, wherever it is, it's probably some of it is deeply ingrained of their experiences, but then I think a lot of it is spirits and it's just, you know, people who don't have God, they don't they don't know any better and so the the enemy can rule and make them believe and think anything he wants to. Um like I used to study a lot of crazy stuff because I wanted to work for the FBI a long time ago. Um, but then I realized, I was like, I don't think I can handle that because that's a lot of emotional, like the, the stuff I used to look into was a, a little crazy um, because I did want to help people who were crazy and who did crazy things. Um, so I didn't understand it, but a lot of times if you read stories about people who have committed mass murders or serial killers or anyone like that, I have found that a lot of them have had troubled past and they don't know God. Like they... Either they're hearing things that make them feel like they need to do whatever it is that they're doing, or they've had experiences that kind of made them cold, which gave the devil a foothold to get into their minds and make right. them do the things that they do. Right. The the thing that I thought about the most, or, or that I think about the most when I when I hear you talk, um, is love, and I'll say unconditional love. And there's so many places I could go with this, but I I think of this one young man that I often think of, and I really wish I could just lay eyes on him or sit down and have a conversation with him because I'm sure he is the age of my son now. And, well, he is not not sure because he was about the age of Brandon. At that time, Brandon may have been a little bit older. But this was a kid that was labeled as the headbanger. Um. He was fifth grade when I first met him. I worked at, at Lillington Elementary School, and the sweetest, one of the sweetest kids you ever wanted to meet, other than the fact that he wore a helmet and he was labeled as the headbanger. Um, to, to, to make this story not so long, later it was determined, he was called the headbanger because he would literally beat his head to a point where he would bleed, he would he would burst his head open, um, so he had to wear an, a helmet. And later, um, 
I think the following year, which would have made him sixth grade, and he was not a kid that, if you guys know about special education or special ed classes, um, now I'm sure it's worse, but then they they were putting kids in special ed that, in my opinion, they didn't need that help. They were just like, well, what do we do with you? So we don't know, so we're going to put you in a special ed class. And this kid, um, there was a counselor who, it was a new counselor for him, and she was uh, assigned to his case, which meant that she had to come out and do an assessment on him every so often. So during the time um, of her assessment, one day something just kind of clicked, and she realized that he would start banging or hitting his head when his now male teacher, because he had previously had female teachers, but now he had a, a male teacher, very very stern, um, healthy guy with a with a voice that that speaks, I'll say. And when this teacher would seemingly be upset, he would more so than not, this kid would go over and start hitting his head on. I worked at a very old, old school, like it was really old, on this this, this concrete wall. Well, in her determination of that, she started really digging, researching why, 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 why. And what she found out was this kid was in a, living in a home where he was seeing his mom be abused. And how he would tune this out is he would get between his bed and the wall to tune the sounds of his mom being beat, he would bang his head on the wall. That was his escape. And so all of this, which which is interesting because I think about the shack when I talk about this, um, all of this, so his life had become pure hell because, and you know that you know that you know that someone knows that this is going on. Again, I think about the shack. You in in this movie, they knew, they found out rather, because of the young boy's um, visit to the altar, to say, "I don't know what to do." He beats her, talking about his mom. So, I want to bring that in because this young man was judged. Not only judged, he was labeled, which is going to or or it did. I'm sure it did. I wish I could. I wish I knew where he was now, what became of his life. But it affected his entire life. I'm so sure of that. And so as Rodney and I were talking today, the the, the subject of truth came about. The truth shall, shall set you free. And I think about how often we allow people to live a lie. We allow people to, and I won't say live a lie, but we don't bring up whatever has become their truth. We don't discuss it enough to where they can see it from a different perspective and say, hey, I need to transform from this. This is a change that I need to make because it it is affecting my life negatively, that we've become so addicted to to, to what we, the habits, what we are accustomed to, whether it hurts us or not, whether it hurts our lives or not. Um, and that's what I thought about right and I talked about this earlier about the shack when this young man went down to the altar in church saying, I don't know what to do. He beats her. 
from the from the perspective of the movie, no one showed up in his life to say to this his father, you cannot do this. You cannot sit here in church and praise God every Sunday and go home and beat the hell out of your wife and think that we should say nothing. And one of the things that should be on our mind tonight is silence, lies. Why do we allow things to go on, especially in the lives of children, and say nothing? And then go to church every Sunday, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But we say we don't show up for this young person, and then this young person becomes an old person who is now angry, bitter, and mad as hell at the world. And so what happens to him? He grows up to be that same father, excuse me, y'all, I'm just going to say it like it is because the truth needs to be told, who beats the hell out of his wife because nobody stepped in for him. So what I've learned, I'm now going to live. So one thing I want to talk about tonight is the truth. And if you want to take it the Christian people, if you want to take it back to the word, the truth shall set you free. But we don't want to speak the truth today because why? I think in most cases because we're not living the truth. Whatever your truth is, whether you are proud of it or not, own it, live it. Because that's the only way you're going to come to a point to where your your perception of your reality and sometimes distorted reality where you are put to a place where you now are willing to face it and realize, I have to do something about this or accept that this is my life. This is the course of my life. Rodney, you said it best today. We, Everybody says there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I love the way you said that today on the show. Before the show, we don't know if that light is from a train. <laughs> and if a train hits you, hey, it's most likely going to take you out. So we're so we're so focused on the light at the end of the tunnel that we don't deal with the issues of today. So that whatever is at the end of that tunnel, you can deal with. So that's that's I just wanted to bring that up because so much about forgiveness, unforgiveness kills us. But I think the way around that is to deal with the truth, whatever it may be. Your perception of your reality, in most cases, is based upon what has happened or not happened to you in your life and how it has affected you. And then the unconditional love, because at the end of the day, I think that we we all want to be heard, understood, and valued regardless of what that of what the results of that is Because that, that, that understanding Says to me that You now know me You understand what I've gone through And how it has affected me Yet you still love me unconditionally Doesn't mean I'm going to hold you up in your wrong Doesn't mean I'm going to tell you You cannot beat your wife You cannot beat your husband But I'm going to love you anyway Or I'm going to attempt to love you And so I'll answer that question That I asked you Tamaria, I think that it's truly an unconditional love, which then, because you miss it, then you, these spirits are able to, there's an open door for those spirits that you talked about, the feeling of being rejected, unloved, um, misunderstood, not heard, not valued. Those are doors, in, in my opinion, those are doors for spirits to come into your life and make your life a living hell and then make you 
think that this is normal. This is how life is is. And that that perception becomes your reality and because nobody speaks up and says to you, I love you, but what you're doing and how you're doing it is absolutely unacceptable. Period. So Tammy. Oh, Tammy, perfect timing. So we have a caller. Oh, um, and then, oh yeah, we got a caller. And then um, after our caller, uh, Tamaria has a few more things to say, and then we're gonna come back to you. And then if there's time for, you know, go back to you after Tamaria, because I said a lot. So just, just you take it after Tamaria. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take our caller, and uh, like we always do, for those of you guys out there listening, uh, either by phone or uh, online, uh, the number to dial is 818-691-7406. If you have um, a question or comment, you can just dial in. Uh, to that number, and if you press the number one, we'll pull you in. Everyone is anonymous uh, here on the Butterfly Evolution Show. Um, If you want to reveal your identity, you are more than welcome, but if you uh, choose not to, um, that is totally fine with us. If we know you like that, uh, meaning you're uh, a regular on the show, like people like Bo, uh, Trent, Anthony, you know, we're going to put you out there uh, and we're going to make you, make you tell people like who you are and how they can get in touch with you. Um, but uh, we want everyone to feel comfortable here on the Butterfly Evolution Show. Um, and so we, we always put Tamari out there. So uh, <laughs> everybody knows who she is. But we're going to take our caller from area code 757. <laughs> Last four digits are three, two, one, zero. Caller, you are on the air. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Saints, let the church say amen and amen again. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for the people? So the topic was um, forgiveness. It was a lot of questions. The topic is what what is what is on your mind, but forgiveness is one of the subtopics. But you can talk about okay. whatever you want to talk about. Forgiveness. Let's start there. What what do you have to say about forgiveness? Um, for I would say for me, forgiveness was a hard thing to do because sometimes when you feel like you're forgiving people, feel like you're in the wrong, but not until later into life, I feel like it is not saying that you're wrong you're releasing the power that whatever situation was over you. It's called growth. Oh. Oh. Tamari just gave you a snap. Go ahead, preach, sister. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) Tamari gave you a snap. Go ahead. Keep on with it. Keep on with it. I mean, I mean, yes. Sometimes forgiveness does not come right after the situation. It don't come the day after the situation. It may not even come a month. But at a, 
a certain point in your life, you have to learn to let go a little things a little faster because if you don't, it's going to carry over into your personal life, into your work life, and you're going to be angry at things and not understanding why is because you haven't forgave whatever happened in your past. And how can you move on and let go and grow if you ain't let it go? Oh, Praise the Lord. So I so I have a question. I have a couple of questions. So my first question okay. is, have you seen The Shack? The Shack? No, I have not. So I'm going to go recommend. Huh? I said she's got to go watch uh-huh. it and call back. I'm joking. Right. Oh. So I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend. <laughs> That you watch the shack. Number one, I'm gonna okay. recommend that you watch it. Um, and number two, I'm gonna recommend that you watch it all the way through because, like I was sharing with Tammy earlier, when Tamaria uh-huh. and I, so Tammy, Tammy recommended the shack to, uh, to us, uh, Tamaria and me, and so when we first started watching it. The movie, it was like you, like it did not make sense altogether. But what made sense was every individual piece. Every individual piece made sense. But it was like, okay, why is this a movie? How is this all coming together? And okay, the second thing is when you watch the movie in its entirety. You're uh-huh. going to say, wait a minute, I didn't get everything. I need to watch this again. And I told Tammy this earlier. You cannot watch the movie The Shack one time and get everything in that first setting because there's so much going on in the movie. But while we're on the topic of forgiveness, I will say this. There were there was a part in the movie, and I won't give it away, Tammy, I promise. But there was a part in the movie where – you understand what the word forgiveness means and you understand why you need to and why you have to forgive. It is okay. made it is made so plain in this movie why you have to. And I'm going to say this, one of the things that Tamaria is very passionate about and uh-huh. I feel like if you're black, you 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 have to be passionate about the fact that our black men keep ending up dead at the hands of white police officers. Tamaria right. is very Tamaria is very passionate about this particular subject. But when the movie was over, Tamaria Tamaria's comment, one of her comments was. As passionate as she is, and I'm paraphrasing, as passionate as she is about that topic, she re- she recognizes that she has to forgive and she has to be able to let it go. Right. That's how that's how like the movie resonates with you. It challenges everything you've ever been taught. It challenges everything that you believe. It hits parts of you that you don't want 
to be touched. Okay. Now, from Rodney, from Rodney, <laughs> what'd you say? I sound judgmental. Tamari says she's judgmental. <laughs> oh, don't be judgmental. <laughs> it's true. With those, with the police officers and other people who do crazy stuff, I'm like, I can't believe they did that. But then I realized, like, okay, I'm being judgmental. That is so me. But I recognize it. I'm working on it because I'm like that. I can't be that way. I have to forgive. And I like how you put it. Um, that like in terms of forgiveness, because uh-huh. it doesn't mean that you're wrong. And I think sometimes we take, we add extra stuff to it because that's what we feel based on our experiences, but it may right. not necessarily be the case. And I have typically felt that way, like, well, wait, like, I didn't do anything wrong. They did it to me, and I got to right. forgive them. Like, they need to be saying I'm sorry. But that's what can not I say? My aha moment of forgiveness. Okay. Sure, go ahead. My go ahead. Aha. You got the floor. My, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Do I? Am I the only caller? Oh, Lord. You are on the floor right now. Let me tell you. We're going to bring out Sandman if the crowd starts booing. We're going to get you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. My aha moment. No, go ahead. Moment. You, got, you got the floor. You got the floor. My, <laughs> my aha moment came not not too long ago. Um, I dated a guy through middle and high school. I'll say mm-hmm. he ended up badly. He beat me. And I'm thankful that I walked away when I did. Um, and for after that, I you know, you're angry, you didn't want to I didn't want to talk to him, I didn't want to see him. But he made my high school a living hell. He was one of those guys if he couldn't have me, he made sure that nobody else did. So through high school, you know, he had his boys watching me. And if I talked to another dude, you know, they fought him. It was just a terrible time, terrible time. So, you know, for years I'm angry. I mean, because I did love this dude. Although I was young, it was, I loved him, first love, and it crushed me to my core. And later on, you know, he apologized, and I couldn't apologize forgive him. It was like, you hurt me. You crossed the line. This is unforgivable. No. Uh-uh-uh. And I know fast forward, maybe five years later, he tried to apologize again. And I thought I was ready to hear it and accept it. And I, I didn't. I wasn't. I blacked out. I welled on him. And I can't tell you what happened. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> I just lost it. And I say about three months ago, um, he hit me up on Facebook and he was like, Do you mind if I have a conversation with you? I was like, Okay. And so he begged me to forgive him and he explained what happened, not saying that was in it, telling me all that was going on in his life. And I was able to receive what he had to say doesn't take effect you was there wrong but I was able to forgive him and he broke down in tears he said because for years he held on to that because one I couldn't forgive him and he couldn't move past that so I forgave him and I was able 
to move on. And I didn't realize it affected me and my relationships with men for years, not knowing that you put that wall because you've been hurt and mm-hmm. you think everybody else going to do you like that. And it's not the case. And you miss out on a lot because you have up that wall. But when I was able to really to forgive him and let it go truly and move past it, and it, it wasn't really for me. I was okay with it, but it was for him. And sometimes people do things and get in situations, and just because you're saying, you know what, I forgive you, it's all good, it was like a sob of relief for him, like, he can go to heaven now. <laughs> I want to go back to my blessings, but... <laughs> but he made it in that day. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I got to say this, and I know Tammy is sitting there, just writing stuff down and itching to get back in it. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Um, and, and we hope that you hang out with us as long as you possibly can. I know not okay. everybody is as fortunate as me, and you got the whole sum off. But praise the Lord anyhow. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so as you were talking, mm-hmm. um. Here's what came to my mind. So, um, next so next Sunday, mm-hmm. if you guys know, remember, may not know, whatever. Next Sunday is our one year anniversary. Tamaria and I will have been married for one year um, next Sunday, July second. Well, um, my my peoples. Hey, I feel like I, I feel like hey, she she hung in there for three hundred and sixty days, fifty nine <laughs> days. Some hey, God bless her, because I don't know how she do it. But anyway, so like, so I was married before. I was married before. I got married very young. Where but I'm you? gonna skip all. <laughs> I'm gonna skip all the details. I'm gonna skip all the details. But one of the things I remember. Um, when I separated from my ex-wife, one of my uh-huh. very close friends at the time, he came over and he helped me move, you know, my, my stuff out. And he came over and when we left, he said, look, man, and like this dude, he's got to be the coolest dude I've ever met in my life. Like he's just like he he's just that guy. He's just cool as the other side of the pillow. Like he's just that guy. Is this your dad, Ronnie? Ronnie, is this your dad? No, not my dad. My dad my my dad is in my top five of the of the coolest dudes ever, but nope, not my dad. He really, really is. <laughs> I met Ronnie's dad with And he is the coolest of the coolest. I, I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> he is coolest of the coolest guys. But no, like this. So, so this guy, like, like even to this day, like we don't talk. We may talk once a year, but like, still one of my very close friends. And he looked over to me and he said, "Yo, man." He said, <laughs> "I don't know your situation. I don't know like how it all went down." He said, "But let me tell you something, man." He said. Your wife has 
some serious issues. And he said, they are not her fault. Uh And then he said, here's what got me out of all of it. He said, but guess what? They are not your fault either. I don't know that's why he did that. And I looked at and so like I looked at him and I was like Huh? <laughs> and he was like, I'm just saying, man. He was like I'm proud of you. He was like, You've done well. He was like, You married a woman who was much older than you. He was like, Brother, he was like, yeah. I ain't even gonna tell you like how you changed, like you trying to be like a dad to like three kids and like one of them is almost like your age. <laughs> he was like <laughs> But let me tell you he was like she is not responsible for her issues. He was like but he, you gotta understand, you ain't responsible for them either. Like it ain't her fault and it ain't her fault either. He was like you don't have to deal with her issues. He was like, I get it, man. He was like, you're just a good guy. And he was like, I know you want to change the world. I know you want to solve everybody's problems. He was like, but you can't. And so for me, when it comes to forgiveness, Uh number one, you got to be able to forgive yourself. Brian. Because if you can't forgive yourself, I know people say you can't love people without, you, you know, without loving yourself. But to me, if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive nobody else. And to me, forgiveness is in that foundation. I'm not going to say it's the whole foundation, but it's in there. You have to be able to forgive yourself, number one. Number two, And, Tammy, I said that I wasn't going to go with any scriptures, but one just came to mind. And that is, how can you love God who you've never seen, but you don't love the people that you see, that you deal with every single day? And even when the Bible talks about forgiveness, I forgot who Uh it was that said how many times it was like, Seven times is like, no, like 70 times. Like, in other words, you have a whole lot of forgiveness in you. And the more we hold on to stuff, the more it hurts us. My last pastor, um, he used to always say, when you don't forgive people, you're letting them win twice. Number one, so true. they already hurt you. That's the first time they won. That's the first time they got you was when they hurt you. The second time they hurt you is when you cannot let it go. Because forgiveness does not mean you forget about it. You're, you're never going to forget the things that have happened to you or the things that people have done to you, but you know when you have let it go. I'm sorry, you know when you've forgiven them, 
when you've let it go. When you are no longer seeking revenge, you've forgiven that person. When you see them and you can be cordial, you have forgiven that person. But what gets us is we can't let stuff go. And so for me, and I'm going to hand it to Tammy after I say this, when, for me, do not judge people. I don't. And here's why I don't judge. I have no room to judge anybody. Right. I don't have a yard. I don't own a yardstick. Translation. I'm not measuring people's sins. I'm not that person who's going to say, well, I told Samaria I'd be home at five, knowing that I was still at work at five and knowing that it was going to take me 30 minutes to get here, uh, I lied. Even though it ain't a big deal, Tamaria ain't tripping, I still lied because I knew I wasn't going to be here at 5 because I said I'm going to be here at 5, and I said that at 5 when I was still at work, knowing that it was going to take me 30 minutes. Uh, I, I just lied. But you have people who will say stuff like that, Knowing that they're lying, no matter how small it is, but those same people will be mad at Michael Vick for fighting dogs like 20 years ago. Those people measure sin. I've never seen in the Bible where God measures sin. If you're wrong, you're just wrong because any sin will take you to hell. And that's why I always tell people, I I ain't judging you. But even on top of that, no matter what wrong I do and no matter how bad my wrong might be, my heart is going to always be in the right place because that's the only thing I have control over is my heart. And if my heart is right, or at least I feel like it's right, then I feel like i got a really good chance when it comes to God because I know that what God looks at is your heart. And I have no room to judge anybody. And I also know that I cannot afford not to forgive somebody no matter how great I feel like their sin is to me. Tammy? Oh, boy, I'm itching, Rodney. And you are so right. I am <laughs> I knew you were. And to our caller, let me just say this. This is one of my favorite quotes, and I cannot tell you who who quoted this. But the quote goes, unforgiveness is like taking poison but expecting someone else to die. So let's, let's put that in perspective. You drink the poison, but you're looking at the person that you are not able to forgive and expecting he or she to die. And I'm going to read that one more time. It's, it's unforgiveness is like taking poison. I hope I'm quoting this right, and expecting someone else to die. And I feel like that's what we do in life. Like we have someone or something to blame 
for everything, which in, in a sense gives us a way out. It says, I'm not responsible. But I say the way to change the world is to change. The way to change your perspective, which will then change your reality, is again to change. We see the world, another quote, I don't know who quoted it, we see the world as we are, not as it is. And I think what we do is avoid forgiveness. And I can, I, I, I can relate to, to some of what you're saying. I was not on the end of being abused. I was on the mm-hmm. end of seeing, seeing, and I'm going to say this, my mom being abused. I was that headbanger. I didn't, I didn't bet and didn't, didn't, didn't bang my head, but it affected my life in so many other ways. My reality became tainted. It was distorted. It was that and so much more. I can't even bring it to life and put it into words, which is why, again, I'm going to say, if you have not seen The Shack, order it when you get off this phone. It is worth showing up late to work tomorrow if it it does. It it is really worth it because it, it speaks about judgmental. It speaks about your pain. It speaks about... God and forgiveness, and we cannot live life until we forgive. I was that person who just a few years ago, a few years ago, well, maybe several, I'll say, maybe several sounds better than a few because that makes it a little bit more. I showed up to the person that I saw abuse my mom. I showed up to his church looking for him as a grown woman. Oh, wow. Knowing what I would do if I saw him, but to the point where I asked after church not seeing him, does he go to church here and where is he? And I truly believe that that God hid him that day. Just a few just a few weekends ago, I believe I was going to say Friday, but I, I was at a funeral and I saw someone that went to his church and we were talking about it because she was our neighbor at the time, and uh-huh. her son and I were really good friends seventh grade and she just found out recently that at seventh grade in in seventh grade that we planned this is gonna sound so crazy but you guys I'm not crazy I'm living my truth it was my reality in seventh grade my best friend and I had plotted to kill this man who was beating my mom we and she's like I could not believe that you guys actually thought about this, but think about your seventh grade mind who wants to just set your mom free and how that carries on in your life. But it only carries on if you allow it to. So you get to a point where you have to forgive because you don't know what that person is carrying. Just like you, you, you're carrying something that makes you no better than the person that you're judging Sin is sin, as Rodney says. Pain is pain. Hurt is hurt. Abuse is abuse. It's how you see it. It's how you take it upon yourself. And then not only how you take it, but how you keep it. Do you let it go? Do you let it do you let it become your reality? And so in a sense, I, just like most people, we allow it to come our reality. We allow it to be to become the mirror of life. And when you don't forgive, it's like you taking that poison. 
and waiting for the other person to die. Life stops. Life stops. So you have to forgive in order for you to live. You have to forgive in order to live, period, no matter what. Because Rodney and I talked today, again, the show before the show, you don't, you cannot judge because you don't know what some, like the headbanger. I, for for the first year, I thought, this kid is crazy. What is wrong with him? Who bangs their head? But when you hear why, that this, this is how he coped with 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 seeing or hearing his mom be beaten. And it was better for him to 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 wound himself than to hear his mother being beaten. And at the time, he had no control. He couldn't go in and stop a grown man from beating his mom. So that's right. how he coped. It doesn't give the person an excuse because someone along the way, just like with you and your guy, someone along the way knew what was happening and did not step in with, hey, dude, I love you, but I'm not going to stand by and watch you do this to yourself or to her. And that's where the truth comes into me and the, the word saying the truth shall set you free. This word has become such a lie and so founded upon a lie and excuses. We don't up, in my opinion, we don't speak up because we don't want somebody to speak up to us and make us deal with our own stuff. We don't want to change because that change says to me, to you, that something is wrong. And the last person, the last thing a person in today's society wants to own up to, something's wrong with me. Something is wrong with the way I think the way I judge people, the way I look at people. And really, at the end of the day, it is you not wanting to look into that mirror and say, yeah, there is something wrong, but there's something wrong with me. There is something that needs to change, but there's something that needs to change within me, within my life. That is a hard thing to admit to, and that makes it easier to turn that mirror outward and judge someone else, judge their life, judge what they do, what they say, how they do it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to stand on this. The truth shall set you free. That is, the truth shall set you free with unconditional love, meaning I love you, but I'm not going to put up with your with your stuff. This is wrong, period. And there's some things that we just simply know is wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, period. Yet we allow it. But we allow it selfishly because we know that there's some some things about our lives, there's some things with us that are wrong. But if I call right. you out, guess what? That's an open door for you to call me out now. And the last thing someone wants to be called out is, is to be called out today. They don't want to be wrong. Rodney, right, right I talked about they will worship the creature rather than the creator. People have become their own gods. People, the lives of people have become their God by any means necessary. I'm going to look the part, play the part, act the part, and be the part, regardless of what I do when the lights are out, regardless of what I see when I look in the mirror. I'm going to fake this thing out to the end, regardless if I wake up in hell or not, period. And so for me, Shaq, 
you talk about forgiveness, you talk about unconditional love, you talk about pain, you talk about anything that you can bring up, in my opinion, and I'm a, I, I've seen it, I think now for the sixth time, I think. I've lost track. But, but it was so good for me. I went to the movies to see it several times, several, to the point I'm sitting up taking notes. It answers to me every question that life brings you. And it, it makes you love, it encourage you, encourages you because you have to make the decision too. It encourages you to love people regardless, regardless, because you see yourself as those people. You no longer see yourself outside of any mistake or any error, period. And when you can get yourself into a mode to say, I'm no I'm no better than the prostitute on the on the on the corner of Lamar for my area. I'm no better than the panhandler who stands and collects money. I'm no better than the guy who beats his wife. I'm no better than the woman who beats her husband. I'm no better than the woman who abuses her children for her own selfish reasons. When that's what that movie did for me. It gave me a it, I just was able to see through the eyes of God, with spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, spiritual heart, and when you can get to that place, when you want what what when you want for yourself the best, but more importantly, you want for others that same thing, unconditionally. To me, that is freedom. That is unconditional love. That is God's eyes, because at the end of the day, God says that we are to. Heal the brokenhearted, and so much more. But yet we're so we're so in tuned into to what I want, what I need, and what you're not giving me, what you're saying to me, how you're hurting me, and we don't look at those same things that we're doing, that we're putting out, how we're making someone else feel, what we're doing, how we're saying it, how we're living our lives. To me. There's so much going on in my life. I don't have time to judge people anymore. I just have to monitor my space and know who I am and try to define my purpose and live up to that. Because the minute on my focus, what you've done, my unforgiveness for you, then guess what? I can't heal. I can't live. I can't help you because it's not in my heart. So... I mean, I know this show is not for, about unforgiveness, but to me, that is, it's not only about unforgiveness. To me, that is one of the foundations that keeps us trapped, that keeps us from letting go, that keeps us in pain. Because, again, you are taking that poison, but you're waiting for the other person to die. And the moment you take control of your life, you give up the ability to blame someone else where you are, who you are, and where you will end up, period. So back over to you, Rodney, and my area. And so I have a question for our caller. Um, is that me? I'm the only one talking. <laughs> yeah, that, that is you. You are, you, you have the microphone. You got oh it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, let me tell you, you you are in a special seat. Oh, you're in a special seat tonight because not everybody gets the microphone. 
But no, seriously, what I want to know is, um, uh-huh. and 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 keeping with the the concept of uh, of tonight's show, and that is just what's on your mind. My question to you is, what have you learned about yourself as you have progressed through life, as you've grown? Um, Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, um, even with the experience that you've uh, shared with us on the show, um, what have you learned about yourself? And, and the reason why I'm asking that question is not so much for you, but I feel uh-huh. like whatever answer you give is going to either help you, me, Tammy, or somebody who might be listening to the show, what have you learned about yourself um, through the years of your life? What have I learned? I am, I'm a fighter. I have a lot of obstacles that will knock you down to the floor, and some people will still be there today. But right. I, I claw my way back. Up because I know there's something bigger, there's something better. I know the devil is just playing with me or playing on my weaknesses, and I have to fight. I feel like I always have to fight to get to the top, to, like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to take control of this. And I also know I am very sensitive, and that's what I – it's a good thing, and it's a bad thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Speak on it. I mean, it's a good thing because, you know, we're women, and that's how God kind of created us. But we can't be sensitive over everything and over everybody. You got to have some kind of strength somewhere. And I think in my case, a lot of things have knocked me down, and I look down on myself. So every time somebody criticized me or rebuked me or, just said something that I felt like was offensive, I took it to heart. And I beat myself up. Like, oh, I should have did this. I can't never do this. And I had to get out of that. Sometimes rebuke is good. Sometimes so, a criticism go is good. Everything is, you don't have to take everything to heart. You can take what you need to take out of the criticism and the hurt and turn it into something positive. Or take it at, okay, a lesson learned. We won't say that no more. We won't react like that no more. Or I always pray, Lord, why did that hurt me? And it's always been revealed because you ain't got over or this person said this and that still seems. So I, I just find myself I'm a fighter. I'm an overcomer. Okay. And I still have to continue to fight and overcome things because it's not going to stop because I'm older. <laughs> hey, hey, let, let me jump in. <laughs> oh, Amy, go, go ahead, because I, 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 I was, I, I was, I, I was gonna go somewhere, uh, and I I'm still going there. But just a minute. go ahead, Tammy. I think one of the beauties of life, the the very beauty of life, is embracing who you are. And I heard the caller say, "I'm a fighter. I'm sensitive." Uh, and I think so often we don't take the time to get to know who we are, what makes us us, what makes us tick, because 
We need fighters. We need sensitive people, and the and we need other people. But what happens is when the, when we allow the world to tell us there's something wrong with being a fighter or having to fight, that there's something wrong with being sensitive. And and I will agree that anything, even water, as great as, as it is for us, if you drink too much water, it will literally kill you. So there is nothing right. wrong with with understanding that there is to create balance in your fighting, in your sensitivity, to create balance in it. But at the at the very same time, it is even more important to embrace whatever it is God has given you, whether it's you, you are sensitive, whether it's your, I don't know, even arrogance. We need a little bit of everything. Like in order to know what positive is, Right, and I think I'm going back to your lying and the truth. You, if, in order to, to tell a lie, you must know the truth in order to kind of distort away from it. But in order to know negative and positive, you need both in order to be able to understand the difference and how to balance it. So the greatest thing I was, one of the greatest things I think is learning who you are and embracing it with the mindset of knowing as good as it is, as bad as it is, it needs to be some balance. And you need to embrace right. whatever that is. Embrace it. Don't don't fight it. Don't try to challenge it. Just balance it. Balance it because God made us all. Regardless of how your life turned out or is turning out, the end result is we are all creatures of the Creator. Period. It's what you do with that. It's what you do with your life, this day, your tomorrow, your pain, your passion, your disappointments, all of that. It's, it's just a decision of what will you do with it? How or will you embrace it? Will you let it be your enemy or will you embrace it and say, this is this is my greatest gift because the king of all kings, the father, created me. I really pity the people who think or who say, I'm in control of my own life. I'm here because of me. I will, my tomorrow will be because of what I, who I am today or, or whatever. And when, you, when you realize that you have no control over your life, only how you perceive it, and I told Rodney today, I really got an understanding of what he, Rodney is probably the only guy that I can think, only person, I won't even label it as a guy, that, and I've heard Rodney talk about this and kind of kind of speak on it, but I, for some mm-hmm. reason I really got it today. Like I really understood how he just releases and says, I don't know until I know, and when I know is when I have it before me. Because to try to predict what God is going to do, and we can try to put it back on faith all we want, but you don't know until you know, until God has says has said, this is it. And when you get to a point where you can release your life, understanding that you have no control over this day or tomorrow, only how you choose in your mind, with your mindset, how you choose to accept it, embrace it, and live it, and then at the end of the day, let it go. That's that's really all you have control over. Nothing more, nothing less. 
And I think that is one of the greatest gifts in life. His lovely wife, Tamaria, on this very show, the very first person, person I, I heard put it in this way, she explains, and, and I'll sum it up in my own words, Tamaria, if you're still awake, you can, you can expand more on it. But she says one day on the show, one night on the show, basically, when you are the driver, you want the pedestrian to speed up, to get across so that you can go about your way, that you can take off, you can push the metal, to push the pedal and, and, and get going. But when you are the pedestrian, you want the driver to be patient and to wait on you. So it's a matter of finding out who you are, embracing that, and being that no matter where you are or what position you're putting in, so that when you're driving, you have the patience and the unconditional love to wait for that pedestrian to go across. When you're the pedestrian, you want, I'll say in my opinion, you want to be as swift and as prompt so that that driver can go about his way as well. It is being balanced, not putting, not seeing yourself as God and wanting people to, I guess, to make everything right for you, if that's a good way to say it. When you just want, you, you live integrity and you want the same for everybody else as you do for yourself, and you're willing to help them get there, to help them accomplish and be who they are. When you're not so selfish until it's about me, 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 when you've not become your God or made, as Rodney, you said today, or made someone else or something else your God. That, to me, is the beauty of life. Mm. And it allows you to be able to. Hmm? Ronnie. So I have a question. I have a question for our caller. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, we got plenty of time, child. We got plenty of time. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to what you said. Okay. Um, I want you to do me a favor and going back to what you said, define your strength to me. Find my strength. Define your strength. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> Is anybody else on the line? There nope, commercial it's just you. Define, <laughs> nope, define your strength. No, you're good. Define your strength. Define my strength. That, uh, that's a deep question, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> that's what we do. I, we, we are see. all about transformation on this show. <laughs> I, right now, I, I don't know. I never thought about my strength. What is it that makes you, you? And this is who I am. This is how God created me. <laughs> <laughs> Tamari Tamari was knocked out. She woke up and said, "I am that I am." <laughs> she turned into God. Oh, y'all. <laughs> so, so, so here, so here's why I asked that question. Here's why I asked that question. One, um, because you know I was listening to you earlier, and I really feel like, um, and Tammy, stop me whenever, but I feel like 
this show has been for you. Mm. And the reason really? why I say that, I, I do, I do. I, and, and the reason why I say that is, number one, um, we are not about money. We're not about fame. Tammy and I are not trying to end up on Yo! MTV Raps, the BET Awards. Like, that's just not our thing. Our thing is simply just transformation. And what we have learned is that we get more out of our shows than probably the people listening to us. We've learned that. Like, we 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 always debrief after the show, and it's like, I don't know. I feel like we have church when the show is over. Um. And we're not trying to impress anybody. We're not trying to, like, become millionaires. We do these shows because we, we do these shows. And every now and then we'll have a guest who was not intended to be a guest. And then, like, all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're the guest for tonight. Um, but here, But here's why I say that. Here's why I, I I asked you to define your strength. And I'm going to go back and start where uh, Tammy mentioned something. And that is, a lot of times we don't know who we are. We know who we have become. And society tells us, because you're a woman, you have to be a certain way. Because you're a man, you have to be a certain way. And then race gets involved. Where if you're a black woman, you have to be a certain way. If you're a black man, you have to be a certain way. Society puts all of these things on us. And then when you go to church, it's like, well, God said. And so we get wrapped up into all of these things. And we get wrapped up so so far into them or so deep, we don't know who we are anymore. And then on top of that, we get this distorted view of who God is, who we are, and what life is all about. And it gets to the point where we don't know what our strengths are. We don't know what our weaknesses are. We only know what people have told us. We only know what our boss said they should be. We only know what our husband or wives have said what those things should be. We only know what the pastor said. We only know what mama said or what daddy said. We no longer know who we are. We only know what people have told us, but it gets so engraved and deep into us to where we believe it. And so for me, I was telling Tammy earlier, I was like, we need to start this show like now. We don't need to wait till 9 o'clock. <laughs> 
Because there's so much on my mind. Like, over the weekend, so last week I was telling Tammy, Tamari and I, we had our niece last week. It was a great time. But we noticed some things, and it was like our niece, even though she enjoyed being here, it was like, but I'm used to this. Right? It was like, wait a minute. I'm used to doing this or this routine or going to bed at this time or watching this or doing that. And it's like, wait a minute. We just said we're going out to eat. Where do you want to go? And it's like, well, I want to go here. And it's like, wait a minute. You're in a totally different part of the state. <laughs> wait, like there are different places here. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Well, this is what I know. And then it was like, well, hey, like there's this activity, this, there's this activity. Well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do like, wait a minute. Did you not just hear what I said? Like we get so trapped into like this part of the world where it's like, well, wait a minute. I don't know that the rest of this stuff exists. And then it turns into, well, wait a minute. I want to go home. And we're like, well, wait a minute. You want to go home? We start to feel like, wait a minute, like, we feel bad. Like, what are we not doing? But it wasn't that we were bad. It was it was familiarity. It was like, hey, like I miss mom, I miss dad, I miss my little brother. Like it was like, hey, and it had nothing to do with us. It was just, hey, like this is what I'm used to. This is what I like. This is what I love. Like this is different. And then. We we found out that like the little cousins over here had a totally different experience. And so it was like, okay, what happened? And I'm gonna share this and I was gonna share this anyway. Um and I don't know if you know about this, but I'm gonna share this anyway, Tammy, because I was gonna share this on the show anyway. So I had a very, like, heartbreaking conversation with my dad yesterday. And oh, no. <laughs> it was very heartbreaking. <laughs> it was it was very heartbreaking because to me, I don't care what's going on between adults. Don't bring no kids into it because I'm, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> and so I'm talking to my dad yesterday and – Certain things, I know Tamari is, like, very sensitive, and Tamari is, like, very, well, you you know how I am. And Tamari is the person I used to be. I'm a little bit more, like, hardcore now. It's like, nah, wait a minute. I got a problem. I got a problem. We need to talk. 
But my dad was sharing with me how one of my siblings has no desire to go back home anytime soon. And the reason is because my sister has done all that she can to better herself, to improve her life for herself, her husband, her kids. And the only people she got compliments from or the only people who had anything positive to say was my brother, my brothers, and my dad. The other members of the family were looking for handouts, and they were mad that my sister appeared to have made it in life, even though she didn't show up with a Bentley. She didn't show up with a Lexus. Ooh, she didn't show up with a Mercedes. You're making me itch, Rodney. She just sh- Huh? <laughs> You're making me itch because I was there. Uh, well, well, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass the mic in a minute. But I was going to share, I had no idea that you were going to be on this show, but praise the Lord, anyhow, Tamaria is either asleep or she's on her way to heaven or something, so she'll slap <laughs> me tomorrow. But I, but I was going to share this, I was going to share this on the radio anyway. I was going to share this on, on the show tonight anyway, so it don't even matter. And last time I looked, it's going to take people at least three hours to get to me, so they could just be mad. But well, you can let the people, people were mad. <laughs> <laughs> people were mad. They were. And they were. They were people who should not have been mad. It should have been, hey, this is so and so. I'm excited. I'm proud. And. Talking to my dad yesterday, it was like I was so hurt that my sister had no desire to go back home because it was like, well, my brother had something positive to say. My dad had something positive to say. My other brother had something positive to say. But nobody else had anything positive to say. Ooh, can and I raise my it hand? was, <laughs> it was, no, let me finish. It was, <laughs> it was more so, well, I need a handout. And Tim, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. This is my sister-in-law on the line. I'm going to go ahead and say that. That's who I call it <laughs> for tonight. It, 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 it's my sister-in-law. And, and she knows exactly where I'm going with this. Um, it bothered me. Because I know where my sister once was. Right. I know where my brothers have been. I know where my sister-in-law has been. Like, I know everything about my immediate family. I, 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 and they know about me, too. Maybe not as much as I know about them because they share a little bit more, and I'm I'm a little secretive. 
But, <laughs> but, but that bothered me. It bothered me because here's my thing, and 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 I'm going to turn it over to y'all after this. I'm going to go back to what I what I said a little while ago. I have no room to judge anybody. None. I have no room to judge anybody. However, what's on my mind, Tammy, and I might need to give it to my sister-in-law first and then give it to Tammy because I know Tammy got a lot to say. But when it comes to people's attitudes, I'm I'm just gonna say this. <laughs> and Tammy, we we had this conversation earlier, and I'm just gonna say this. And forgive me, y'all, if any cussing words come out. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Number one, no, Tamaria, Tamaria just frowned her face. Y'all keep it classy. Nobody owes you anything. That's number one. Nobody owes you anything. So if you're one of those people walking around like somebody owes you something, get over yourself. And I think I held the cussing word back because Tamaria looked at me frowning a little bit because I was I swear I was about to cuss. <laughs> But number one, nobody owes you anything. Get over yourself. Number two, who do you think you are? Number three, even Jesus said greater works Will you do? Your goal in life as a parent to make sure that your kids do better. I didn't say have better because I think people like twist it all around and they feel like their kids got to have joins and all this other mess. It didn't say your kids have to have better than you had. It just says they should do better, greater work. Thank you. Greater works will you do. You should be raising your children so that they should do better than you did. As a teacher, I want my students to do better than I have ever done. If when I become a father, I want my kids to do better and be better than anything I've ever been or done. But we have become so selfish in our society. We have a problem if you do better than we did. We have a problem if you make money. If I'm a man, you can't you cannot make more money than me as a female. I got a problem with that. 
That's this stupid society that we live in. Because let me tell you, I don't make nowhere near what Tamaria makes. But guess what? We don't argue about money. We we don't have those conversations. We're not about to have those conversations because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I will I will let Tamaria make as much money as Tamaria want to make. Just don't bother me in the summer. I know I'm just kidding, but <laughs> but my whole point is my whole point is. We are so selfish as a society that we don't care who we hurt, even if it's a child. Tammy, I'm oh, going to wow. go to our caller, and then oh, no, I'll come back to you, Tammy. Caller, Rodney, because I have, a, I have a question for the caller, and, and, and I don't know if I've met you before, but Rodney asked you a question about what is your strength. What are your strengths? And um, from what I gathered, it was it was a little difficult for you to answer. So I pose a, a different question. Can you tell me what your weaknesses are? Or a weakness? Uh, a weakness is I'm an overthinker. Okay. I, I want you to just that for a minute. Okay. And Rodney, take take to account how quickly... She was able to identify. (laughs) I've been itching to get back into this because this is what we do to ourselves. Instead of embracing what are my strengths, which you kind of told us some of them, but it's just that society makes you think that your strengths are not doable. In this society, they're not accepted. Society tells us to focus on the negative, the weaknesses, what I can't do, who I am not, what I don't have, rather than what are my strengths, who am I, what is my purpose, what was I created to do, what brings me joy, regardless of how much money is attached to it. And you answered that question almost eagerly, like, I can't wait to tell you what my weakness is. I know that. But we have, and that is why so much focus is on transformation, is on change. But what we do is we think that because change is needed, then I must identify that there's something wrong. No, change does not mean that there's always something wrong. It means that I'm trying to make something right. Why can't we look at it that way? I shared, as Rodney and I talked today, the story about my son at, at sixth, fifth or sixth grade. I can't remember exactly. But for months he complained, Mom, my legs hurt, my knees hurt, something's wrong, to the point where I really just took him to the doctor to just shut him up, like, okay, whatever. And we get to, and we, that complaining became rejoiced because the, the doctor said, oh, they're growing pains, you're getting taller. And now my child who has stood in my kitchen for months while I'm cooking complaining about growing pains is now embracing, Mom, did I get taller? Am I taller? Did I grow? He wants to hurt because he wants to grow. But he wants to get taller for many selfish reasons, being a young man. So even now I'm I'm still pondering on that because he was willing to endure the pain for the game. 
And when you're out of touch with your strengths, when the world dictates who you are, what you should do, what you should be, when you should be it, how to be it, when to begin it, when to stop it, what to say, what not to say, what to wear, what degree to go after, what job to take upon, regardless of if it makes you happy or not. So we lose sight of who we are and who we were created to be. As I said, we need sensitive people. We need emotional people. We need everything. God did not make mistakes. It's just that what God gave us, we want to change. We want to follow the world. We want to adapt to someone else's music. We look upon someone else, their life, what they have, their husband, their wife, what they wear, what they don't wear, their children, and then we start to reflect, where is mine? Who am I? You lose sight of who you are. So after tonight, let no one ever ask you again, what are your strengths, and you cannot answer it quicker than you can identify your weaknesses because there are always going to be weaknesses. Even the strongest person has a weakness. But when the day that we begin to know that more than we know our strengths and focus on that is when we lose sight of who we really are, not only who we are but who God is. Because to know God as the powerful God as we say we do is to identify with the good that he created, not the weaknesses within that good. And so maybe, like Rodney said, maybe this show is for you. We don't, from what I can tell, we, well, we got more now, but we we did not have a lot of calls. But that's okay because Rodney and I made the decision. I know I made it back in 2011 when this show started. I don't care if I get on and there's no one on. That person that needs to hear this may come on a year from now, two years from now. And if we can save one person from his or herself, because that's truly the battle. It's not the world. It's not the person that you did not forgive. It's not the person that you blame. It's not the situation. The battle is always within It is you. It is what you think you are going through. It is your perception of your reality. And when you get there, life begins. And if you allow that life to begin and you want that same life for everyone else, regardless if he he or she is your enemy or not or you perceive them to be, when you want life, when you want everyone that, you touch to know about the grace and mercy and the unconditional love of God, then you know you are there. You know that no matter if that light at the end of the tunnel, as as people say, Rodney, you said, people say there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. But as Rodney and I said today, you don't know if that light is from the train that's coming to hit you again or if it's a shining light that's going to take you to your next lesson. But when you're willing to embrace whatever it is, when you're willing to say, I don't care if it's the train or if it's another shining light, I'm going through this tunnel and I will get there, whether it's my end or a new beginning, period. When you blame no one else, when you look for no answers in someone else, when you look for no one to guide you, 
to where they can't get themselves, you've made it. So I'll say again, never let someone ask you, what are your strengths, and you not be able to tell them. But then someone asks you, what are your weaknesses, and you're eager. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way because I was you. I was there. And some days I wake up there again. But the difference is I don't let myself, I don't allow me to stay in that day, in that moment, because the world will take you, eat you up, spit you out for another round of misery. And so own your day. Define who you are so that you know without a doubt that this fits you or it does not. And if it doesn't, you quickly, quickly make the decision, I'm out. I'm invisible. I am gone. I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to discuss it. I'm done. So never, again, if, I, if you get one thing out of this show, never not know how to answer, what are your strengths? So define that tonight before you go to bed. Define it, own it, embrace it, and live it. And forget about what your weaknesses are, at least until you define your strengths, because that is what will carry you. That is your purpose. That should become your passion. That is what you should own. That is what you see when you look in that mirror. And if you do that, that is what you will become, period. So it's within. It's not anybody, and it's not outward. So now to our caller. Tell us what's on your mind. <laughs> Tammy, uh, before we hear from our caller, I do uh, I want to hear from our caller, and then Tamaria uh, might have something to say, and then, I, oh, that person disappeared. I was going to pull them in. Uh, but we'll see if they come back. Uh, but I want to hear from my caller, and then I want to hear what Tamaria had to say. Caller, you're on the air. Well, that's. So much on my mind right now. I have two different subjects going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I am. Is her name Tammy? Is it Tammy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It okay. is Tammy. I, I, I do agree with everything you're saying. I'm in that process now of owning right. and and realizing. Okay, this is Tasha. Embrace it. It is what it is. It's, it's going to be changed. God's going to change it. <laughs> I got to do the work. So I. I appreciate your nugget. I really do. And I do feel like this is my show because I see it all the time. I just never called in. And I was just really playing. Like, I just want to be on this show. And he shot me to Denver. I didn't think I was going to be the only one up here. But it's all good. <laughs> um, uh, we were about to get somebody else, but they, but, but, but they hung up the phone. We were about to get somebody else. They hung, they hung up the phone. <laughs> and to cross over to what you were talking about, Ronnie, and you said that you was hurt hearing it. It was worth seeing it. And mm. there was no words to say because I was like, really? Is this what we're doing? We can't be <laughs> sharing other people's happiness? I mean, let's talk about the years that she didn't have one. <laughs> yeah. We can't, you know, and and this is not the first incident. It's like I said, you know, I've been knowing y'all forever. Seems like, and to see where Shayna was 
and who she is now, to me, that's awesome. It's tremendous growth, and I'm glad she got out. And sometimes you have to leave yes. your surroundings to grow up. And I, I think her leaving was a good thing because she's doing very well for herself. I mean, she yes. may not have the best and the finest things, but she's doing well for her household. They have an understanding. They're working it out. They want for nothing. And what can what you can ask nothing better than that? Can, don't even have that. <laughs> and she's not striving, <laughs> you know, for the finance. She's just striving to do better for herself. She's trying to make a legend for herself and for her kids. And I don't knock her for that. But yeah. it was disheartening to see the reaction. And I'm like, what are we we jealous over? You could have the same thing also, but you chose not to yeah. go that route. So whose fault is that? You can't blame her. <laughs> real quick, I don't want to cut you off, but real quick, call her from 504. Do not disappear because we are coming to you. We want to hear what you have to say. Call her from 504. I see you out there. You are coming into this conversation. Go ahead, call her. You're still on the air. So me? Yep, that is you. You're still on there. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just disheartening that, you know, we can't even enjoy and embrace and rejoice in people's happiness. I was happy, or I was happy for anybody. I was happy for you, you know, in your marriage. <laughs> and that you have, you know, you're doing well for yourself in your book. And you had a lot of backlash, too as well. People wasn't happy to see that you was moving on, but I'm happy if you're doing better for yourself and you're changing the world, you're changing yourself and it's in a positive way, kudos to you. Because that's what we need more out here right now. And it's just sad that you can't even rejoice in your own family and these are supposed to be your backbone. You blew it. (laughs) So so I'm going to, before we bring in our caller from uh, Erico 504, I'm going to start a little bit of trouble, um, and I want you to stay on the line, uh, sister-in-law. Uh, Tamari's getting old. Uh, bless the Lord. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just messing with it. Uh, but before we bring in our caller from the uh, uh, 504 area code, I'm going to start a little bit of trouble, and they might want to join. And Tammy and I had this conversation earlier. So here's something that I think is very um, obvious in our society. And I want to bring in our caller, and then I want Tammy to um, share her thoughts on it. As a man, if you don't win or you are not winning, when it comes to relationships, it is your fault. And here's what I mean by that. Tammy and I had a conversation earlier, and and this kind of goes along with what our uh, current caller um, is talking about 
and my sister being judged more so jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are a man in today's society, you are in prime position to quote unquote win. And here's what I mean. Women are far beyond where they once were. Women have historically been um, great wives, mothers, taking care of their households, making sure everybody has something to eat, um, doing the ironing, cooking, cleaning, you name it, women have maintained their households. But we live in a society where even though it's not fair when it comes to pay, you have men and women doing the same jobs, and men make more money, but women have far more opportunities to make money and to move up or move forward in today's society than they did 20, 30, 50 years ago. Um, And even my mother-in-law was talking to my wife about how young people today, um, I guess, have gotten in their own way. Meaning, when my mother-in-law was coming up, when women finished college, you were fortunate as a woman to be making $30,000 a year. You were doing something in the 80s, in the 90s. As a woman, you were doing something. And what my mother-in-law was, I guess, saying to my wife was that, like, y'all young people complain, but, like, y'all have it way better than we did. Like, Women today coming out of college can make fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, if not six figures, coming out of college. All right. But here's here's why I say we're winning as men. And Tammy and and I had this conversation earlier, and I'm going to bring in our call on this one. Um. Hey, hey, Rodney. Not, let, let, let me jump ahead. in for <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, 9.55, and for you guys who are listening maybe by Facebook, through the chat room, or just from your phones, whatever, this is the time that you want to call in, 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. Last time, 818-691-7406. We have about five minutes before we will lose those who are, again, listening through the chat room, through Facebook or your phone. Call in if you want to be a part of the show after the show because we'll lose you at 10 o'clock. So, again, this is the time if you want to to keep going. We're going to go on tonight, as we told you at the beginning of the show. We kind of thought that this would be one of those shows that would linger on and on and on, thankfully, grateful. So 
call in, 818-691-7406. Go ahead, Rodney. And not only that, uh, press the number one. Um, and call from the 504. I already have uh, you um, online, but I'm, I'm going to finish this last point, and that is the reason why I say that we are winning as or you should be winning or society will view you as winning as a man is that not only do we still have those women out here who will take care of their households, they will still cook clean um, and just be that woman that you may have heard of or may have seen in your lifetime, but not only that, they have the opportunities to make those high salaries now. So as a man, if you are not winning in that sense, if you don't have a good woman, if you feel like you are in a situation where it's like, man, like, what am I doing? Why am I here? I have the same question to you. Why are you there? Because here's my thing before I turn it over to our caller, and, I, and I'm going to tell you guys who this person is because you guys already know who he is. But here's my thing. Um, I have a phenomenal wife. Phenomenal. And, again, Sunday will be one year for us. But phenomenal wife, phenomenal. And there's no way, there's no way you can be living on this earth and not be blessed. That's number one. Number two, there's no way you can be living on this earth as a man and not have a phenomenal woman. In your life by your side Because It is Just that For our society And so my thing to the men is What are you doing (laughs) With your life That you don't have that phenomenal person, that phenomenal woman in your life by your side, what is keeping you, what is holding you back from your blessing? And I'm not saying your only blessing is a woman, but what is keeping you from having all that you should have? And I'm going to turn it over to my man who I guess he got to give me this uh, baseball report tonight because football is over, <laughs> basketball is over. But my man, all the way from the Big Easy and the Daggery Shop, Mr. Trey, what's going on, Trey? What's going on, brother? What's going on? Hey, Tammy, how you doing, this lady? Hey, Trent, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's going on, Ronnie? Hey, man. Um, hey, man. Happy I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Uh, happy early anniversary to, uh, to you and the missus, man. That 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 was a mouthful there, man. With uh, with all of that, a lot of things was running through my mind as you were asking those questions about the man. And I tell you, one that actually sticks out for me 
of the you know what's going on in that, in that man's life um in that brother's life you know that he can't find himself a a blessed woman let's just say that find a blessed woman uh one one thing that comes to mind is you know let me kind of make it easy for these guys you know and and you know you get these women who let, let's just say that 360 woman who does everything she brings a salary in she takes care of the kids. She's cooking the dinner. She's doing all that stuff. And, you know, we're in an age now where, you know, we got the PlayStation and the 360, uh, you know, guys that's playing these games on online now. So they're sitting at home waiting for her. So, you know, they've kind of spoiled these guys because there's a lot of things that goes into that, where you know, where all the gentlemen are. But, you know, and we could actually dig into a whole, you know, a different – going into different categories with that, you know, homosexuality and all this other stuff to where, you know, these guys are limited. And that's why these guys are looking appealing because there's not too many, you know, the selection is very few for the women. So that's very unfair on the woman's part. But um, it's a great question. And we could actually go and dig a little deeper into that. But any man that doesn't see um, the essence of a woman or, the greatness of that woman. Nine times out of ten, he's probably got a few down the line. He has a whole bunch to choose from. Not making an excuse for those guys, but I think that's the majority of the problem when they can't find the true essence of that that woman that's in their life. Let's not all talk at once. Well, Rodney, let me jump in because you and I had this conversation earlier today, and I get what you guys are saying, but I feel the true essence of a woman is not based on, and and not saying that that's what you guys are saying or is saying tonight, but in most cases today, not just women, people in general, in my opinion, define themselves by what they do, the money they make, the people in their life, where they go, more than really who they are. Who are you in the midst of these people? Who are you on that six-figure job? Are you still, um, your, if you're married, are you still, is your priority still your husband, your family, your children, whatever? And not not just that, but is your priority, your integrity, who you are? Is it owning and owning your truth and not being willing to compromise from that? Because what I see today, and I hate to say women, but since you guys, the question is about no. women, that I see women chasing a dream, mm-hmm. thinking that it will complete them. It will satisfy their soul. But I must go back, and I'm probably going to piss some women off with saying this. I go back to how we were created. We are different. We are designed different. We think differently. We are emotional creatures. Some things we're not, most things, I'm not sugarcoated, most things (laughs) we're not going to see the eyes of a man. We're not going to understand it like a man. We're not going to receive it or perceive it like a man will. And that has nothing to do with us. It is how we were created. It is why God says, love your wife 
as Christ loved the church. But you first got to know what the church meant to Christ. And then to take it further, you got to know Christ in order to love your wife, in order to forget about who you are, who you want to be, in order to forget about the legs that you see in that short pair of shorts who's rolling by you temporarily, who is a temporary fix for your thing right now. Who's going to make you know, you speaking all speaking all love, speaking all love. So let's, 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 let me get back. Let's let me get back. Stay here for a minute, Trent. Let me stay here for just a minute. So it's more than about the things that we put before us. We have lost sight of number one, God, and how and who He created us to be, and the difference in our makeup. I can't I can't do what you do, Trent. I can't do what you do, Rodney. As a matter of fact, there should come a point in my life where I grow up and just realize I don't want to. I can't. I'm fighting mm-hmm. a losing battle here. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it it could go we could start a whole nother show on this topic. I do agree with Rodney for a, a man that that finds that woman, hey, half the battle done. But a man who realizes that he's found that woman and is willing to love her as Christ loved the church, that's a whole nother level. And that's a level that not just men will not go to, women either. Because in order for, when the man goes, guess what? Now I got to follow with being submissive. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation, but, a whole nother topic. Right. But I, I just wanted to say that. So I, I think you're you're jumping right. to get in, Trent. Go ahead, do your thing. Yeah. Well, speak, speak, speaking on love, let's 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 define love and let's define agape love. Okay. Tammy, what's your favorite food? Uh, I don't. I have a lot of favorite foods. I, I, I'm well, just give me just give me one, just right off the top of your head. Fish, fish, fish. Oh my God, fish. Okay, great. So let's talk about this fish for a second. So let's just say you go fishing, right? And you throw your pole into that water. You're fishing for fish because you want to get that fish because you love fish. You're fishing for that fish for self gratification. You you're trying to actually, you know, create nourishment for yourself, right? You love fish. You love to eat fish. That's for self gratification. Take that and put that against and hold that up against an agape love. So, you know, you pull this fish out of that water. You kill that fish. You season that fish up. That fish is dead. You eat that fish. Why are you eat that fish, Tammy? Because it's, I love fish. I think that when folks say that, I love you, I want to love you, you're all I need and all this other stuff, that's for your own self-gratification. But when you have an agape love for someone, there's no stipulations on that. There's no no selfishness, no selfishness coming with that. So that's what we fail as humans to love one another. God, I know I'm a handful. I'm a huge handful. So you're gonna have to actually love me past that. You're gonna have to actually love me past the love and have an agape love for me. Because tomorrow I might piss you off. Love can't handle that, but an agape love can. Am I making sense? And Trey, I told, I totally, I totally agree. I, love is love to me is a is it is a decision. It is a commitment because there is no way. I don't care how much you love a person. 
how much you think you're in love, there is no way in hell that this person is going to satisfy every need that you have. But wouldn't you agree that love, if I want Tammy to love me, isn't that a self-gratification type situation? I just want Tammy to love me. I think life life in itself for most people have become self targeted towards self gratification. But when you bring agape and unconditional love, so you gotta throw that out the window. Which goes That's back to exactly. you have to make a decision. You have to make a commitment to your decision to love. And then the only way I believe this is me talking from my heart myself, the only way to do such thing, to love unconditionally, to have that agape love is to know God. I don't, I mean, exactly. there is no way that I could love you or anybody else without loving God and understanding his definition of commitment, of marriage, of unconditional love, of agape love. To understand my, that my and for my exactly. mission or my, my passion to be, is to be pleasing to God, not even to my husband is to, or my wife, is to be pleasing to God. That in itself it's difficult to do in my own strength. But when you put God, who is the source of all strength, when you put God into this it, is, but here is the right. thing. Very few of us allow God that much control in our lives. And I'm speaking to exactly. myself as And and so, this is where this is where we this is where we fail as a human race. It's like a lot of folks have talked that, you know, you bust them church doors open twenty four seven. You go to book study on Tuesday and all this other stuff. But let's get down to it. Let, let's let's talk about the true the true meaning of love, an agape love, loving unconditionally, loving through your 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 faults, loving through your pains, and all of this other stuff. A lot of people are not; they don't have that much substance in them. Let's just be honest. A lot of these people don't have that type of substance in them to do that. So that's where this whole superficial thing comes into play. No matter how much I mess up, no matter how much you know I, these mood swings with me. I can honestly say I love unconditionally, whether you, you know, you, you like what I've done or what have you or whatever. I love unconditionally. A lot of people cannot say that. That's why we come in with these superficial lives, and the Internet these days don't even make that better because every single day with self-gratification, every single day we're trying to prove a point. We're trying to prove to people how much we care. This will take place through your actions. This will take place through your actions. And this is with relationships, friendships, brotherhood, anything. But we as humans fail like that because we don't know how to truly love. This, this is Rodney. I'm going to go back to Romans 125, Rodney, and I'm going to turn it over to you and, and basically exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. We have become our own gods. Satisfying ourselves is more important to us an instant gratification, regardless if heaven or hell exists or not. And it's, for me, I say this, I would rather get to the end of my journey and find out that heaven does not exist, then find out that it does, and I and I missed it, and that's what keeps me not 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 um, being successful every day, but pursuing to be successful in my journey of loving God and loving people, and that 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 pursuit of being successful in that area 
keeps me grounded enough to where I don't mm. not I no longer want it just for me, but I want it for you and even the people that I that the Tammy does not like. Now when you get to the God in me that hey, I love you dearly, but just keeping it real and that's what we don't do. We don't keep it real enough to get what needs to be changed and then do the work to change it. And, exactly. and that's just the end of it. That we, we, we are yeah. our, we are our own gods or we've we've created a God, whether it be him, her, it, whatever it is. But we've missed and we continue to miss the creator. At the end of the day. Mm. You've become your God. You Ryan, know something, you. Oh, sorry. You, you know something, Tammy? What's that? This this is Trent. You know something? Uh, this is this is for uh, I guess we're on your show here. Every time I come on to you, I haven't been on in, in, in such a long time, been busy with the things that, that I've been doing on this end. Every time I hear your voice on these shows, I want you a little more. Go ahead, Rodney. Wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out, time out. Commercial. So Tamei woke up, woke up out of her sleep. Hold on. 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 Like where my heart is when it comes to our show, and our heart is always with our callers. So number one, um, we have a call out there, and uh, <laughs> again, I'm going back to and she and and her microphone is still on, but I'm going back to uh, our caller. I'm just gonna say what I said before. I don't know how long you can hang on, but this show has got to be for you, and I feel like the fact that you are still hanging on, <laughs> it further confirms that this show is for you. And number two, um, Tammy and Trent know, like, I, I'm just all about the callers, and, like, I'll mute everybody <laughs> for all callers, but I ain't going to do that. But number two, Number two, um, so Tim and I had this conversation earlier, like uh, Trent, Tammy, I ain't going to say I call his name, but call her, like Tim and I were talking earlier, and like I called Tammy Saturday, uh, just to give you guys a little background, I called Tammy Saturday, I don't know if Tamaria knew that I called Tammy, but I called Tammy because I was like, Tammy is about to know that we like about to watch the shack. She, Cause she's like, put it on. It's like, y'all got to watch it. So Trent, like Tammy has been on us watching the shack. Right. So I called Tammy and like, you know, I couldn't get her. And like, so Tammy and I talked earlier today and I swear, man, like, it was just a great conversation. And then a little time went by, and I was like, wait a minute. I was just sitting here 
really, and I, I, I honestly was just sitting here, and I called Tammy back, and I was like, hey, like, we got to talk. Like, can we, like, start the show, like, right now? Like, I'm so amped up for this show. We got to start this show right now. And we, we, we talked, and I, and I was like, you know what? This show is going to be longer than two hours. And I just felt it coming just because, like, we were so hyped earlier. Like, Tammy had the show before the show started. Like, we were that hyped over this show. And really, this show, so let me, let me just give you all <laughs> a little background info. This show was really um, supposed to be about women and how they dress <laughs> going to the workplace. That was where this show originated. <laughs> and so last week we didn't have the show, and then, like, we were like, all right, like, we'll just do it next week. And so today, like, we were talking, we were like, yeah, that was a good show, but, like, we had so many other things on our mind, and Tammy was like, you know what this show is going to be called? What is on your mind? And so, Trent, even when you are not on the show, brother, we are always thinking about you, man. And and I just got to put that out there. I, I got to put that out there. Um, That's appreciated. Sister-in-law, feel free. I know, I know you got to work. And everything, but feel free. But but this is what we do. But seriously, we are always thinking about you, man. And that's appreciate. I've been nice. I've been I've been uh, I've been off the air for some time. Now. I mean, you know why I've been off the air, but you know we um, we 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 understand, man. We understand, and I think Tammy appreciates it uh, because you know you have not interrupted the shows with. You know the sports report, even though you know it was much needed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Tamaria, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put this out there. Tamaria, Tammy, Tamaria is normally not up this late at night, but Tamaria is like, why awake? <laughs> And so I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to uh, give my sister-in-law the microphone. Um, and and I normally, like, Tamari is, like, my number one party, but I'm going to give my sister-in-law the microphone, then I'm going to give it to Tamari, because I feel like tamari got – I feel like Tamari – I feel like Tamari got the itch. So, Trent, just to bring you up to speed, so – Tammy had the itch first, and then my sister-in-law had the itch. And I think Tamaria got the itch now. But I'm just going to say this when, when when we talk about love. I think that when it comes to love, a lot of us think we know what love is, but we have no idea. And I think there's a big misconception when it comes to love. And I'm also going to go here. As much as we read the Bible or think we're reading the Bible, we have no idea. As many times as we've heard 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, we don't know what love is. Or 
we know what it is, and we don't apply it. Because if we knew what it was, or if we applied it, we would not be living in the society that we live in today. We would not be living in the fear we live in today. We would not be living in the bondage we live in today. Because when you talk about agape love, when you talk about unconditional love, (laughs) one of the things that goes along with that is love hides a multitude of faults. And let me tell you, we are not trying to hide anybody's faults except ours. And I'm going to turn it over to Demaria. Oh, no. Tasha, go ahead. No, you can turn, on the mic. You can turn it over to I am listening. <laughs> you are anonymous. My fault. Anonymous. Go ahead, anonymous. And then give it to Maria. <laughs> Girl, go ahead with your last self. Rodney, Rodney, if she doesn't want to go, let me say this with what you just said. Um, love hides a multitude of faults and that we're not trying to hide anybody's faults but our own. Um, at the same time, I think we're all looking for someone. And, and this goes back to, let me say this first, and I don't remember, I wish I could, could could give credit to whomever quoted this but or who I heard it from, but this always sticks with me when it comes to um, marriage or love, um, life together. But this is about... A, a couple being asked what who who has been married for quite a while. And I don't know if this is true or, or, or whatever, but it's so relevant to life and marriage and love. Um, couple been married for quite a while, and they were asked, a very old couple, what is it? What kept you together? And the wife answered, we never allowed each other to fall out of love with each other, with one another at the same time. So, again, I want to say that we never allowed each other to fall out of love with each other at the same time. So that means that I'm, I'm adult enough or I am, I am committed enough to understand, number one, my commitment or my, um, what I need to, my promise to God, not just to the man or the woman before me, but my promise to God. Of to love or how to love this person before me. And so often we go into it thinking that this other person or this person, man, woman, is going to complete us, is going to um, be able to give us everything we need every day. And that is just not possible. And when you get to a point of understanding that not, not even you can give yourself what you need, how you need it, when you need it, every day. And you are you. You've been with you longer than anyone else in your life, but not you don't have all the answers for yourself. So how in the world can you meet someone, can you meet this guy, you meet this girl, and they're able to give you what you can't give yourself or to give you what they cannot give to themselves? And to be to own up to that and still be committed to my commitment to love you 
is an adult decision and to take it further, which is why our children cannot get it right because they're not seeing enough of us saying, hey, in spite of, I'm committed to you. In spite of your mess, she's crazy, but this is my baby. That's her kind of crazy, and I'm okay with that. I know her strengths. I don't focus on her weaknesses. Same with this guy. But we're so caught up in ourselves and worshiping ourselves and wanting to be worshipped. I'll take Trent, you said the fish. Wanting to go to that lake that only has what we like in it, and I only want the size I want, the color I want it to be, and when I pull it up, it best be fried to the crisp that I want it to be. Or I ain't going to eat it, even though I love it. Because I'm so caught up in me. If it's not exactly like I want it when I want it every day, I don't even want it. I don't even care if it's if it's my favorite food. I don't care if you're my favorite girl, you're my favorite guy. If you're not doing what I want when you want, when I want it, how I want it, if I want it, then guess what? I'm going to get me a temporary fix. I'll hit you up tonight. I'll be back tonight. I'm going to sleep with you, but I'm going to get my stuff somewhere else. We're so caught up. But then at the end of the day or the fresh of the morning, you still say you're going to heaven. You still claim to know God. So if it, that is, that's a whole other topic, too, Tammy. Lord oh, Jesus, y'all have touched on so much stuff tonight. I'm, a, I'm just going to say, please read Romans 12. It talks about quite a few of the things that um, you all touched on throughout the show. Um, one, being a living sacrifice and not conforming to the world. Being humble service in the body of Christ, so recognizing that each one of us has our purpose in the kingdom because we're all different members with different purposes love in action love must be sincere is the first uh four words in verse nine now this is the new international version i had switched it the other day but either way you get the point love in action and yeah i just was like okay as you guys were talking through the show i was like oh wow romans 12 hits on a lot of what you all talked about tonight um and what was discussed on the show it's been really good so, um, yeah, thanks. And I know I am very blessed, me and Rodney, um, t- to the points that you all made. It does take love. Um, and, Tammy, what you were just stating and also what Trent noted before, um, as it relates to just loving individuals unconditionally, um, every day of marriage is not going to be easy, and there's going to be times where there might be communication breakdowns, but if you love the other person, and you recognize, like, that this is the person that God has put in your life. Your job is to, to love them and to help them become better. And I am very grateful that I have a man who I feel helps me become better, and I think collectively we're able to do that. And I do agree that all of us can have it, but it's a matter of what we're willing to give, not what we're trying to get. Um, and to Tasha's earlier point, as it relates to forgiveness and recognizing that, it's not about, you know, what someone did wrong or what you did wrong. It's about releasing the power and having the strength to grow. So, yes, overall, fantastic show. I feel very blessed. I'm looking forward to this anniversary. And, yes, Romans 12, y'all, Romans 12. Samaria, <laughs> Romans, Romans 12 is, is, is about, if you go down, break this down, it's about being a living sacrifice a humble servant or humble service 
in the body of Christ. And we're not willing to take on the body, the mind, the heart, the eyes, the ears of Christ. We're not willing. That goes back to being or to to the to to, to worshiping, serving the creature rather than the creator. So that's all Romans twelve is about being a living sacrifice. And if you if you that's one of my favorite. But so often we forget about because it's about do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of of your mind. We always leave it there. But the the greater part to to the Romans than what I've just read is being being able to test and approve what God's will is for you. And when you can make when you can have that to supersede your will, your wants, see when you can walk by the fine jeans or the hot shorts and realize I made a decision and it's at the house because that Amen. is what and perfect the perfect will of God is and not distorting it not rationalizing it, not saying, oh, well, he or she pissed me off last night. Well, they didn't do what I want. They didn't say what I want. So it's okay for me to satisfy myself. My will takes pre- is, is prevalent over God's will. So being a living sacrifice is what Romans 12, and it's not making a sacrifice to, to satisfy yourself, but your your creator. So it goes yeah, the so whole much chapter is good. It really is. It really is. So, so um, I have a question for Trent. Uh, but before we uh, uh, ask that question, um, as we always do, um, Trent, do me, uh, do us a favor. Let the people know, um, as Tammy and I always like to do um, on the show. Let the people know who you are. Um, how they can get in touch with you, um, what you have going on, and then I want to ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I see Trent Williams, author, speaker, and life coach um, on our personality, but I haven't been on for some time because Anthony and I, my partner, my business partner, we opened up um, a daiquiri shop here in New Orleans, so been kind of busy with that stuff, but um, – Ironic that you guys will do a show today, and I decided to do a message today about uh, about coaching and about shifting. You know, life shifts in life, and you know, leveling up when those shifts take place in your life. You just have to know when God's ready to, to move you forward. Yeah, that, that's about it. Um, conversations with Trent and all that good stuff. But like I said, I haven't done that in in, in you know several months with the uh, with the investment of the daiquiri shop and bar, but you know, I can reach my conversations with Trent. Some call me Trent.com. So here, here's my question for you, Trent, um, as a man, and I want you to give the, the male perspective. Um, and then I want Tammy, I want Tasha, I want to marry to respond to this as well. Where do you think the breakdown comes from with the family structure? Where does it come from? 
honestly, I would have to say the man because, I mean, the man's actually the head of the household. That's who's guiding everyone within the household. So if there's a breakdown in communication, um, it's going to actually come from the man because if he, he he's supposed to have the knowledge and, and the actual, if he's, if he's traveling with God, he should know when there's a breakdown of communication between the wife and he and the entire family. So, you know, it's God, then him, then the wife, then the kids. So I would say the man. So he has to have the wherewithal to correct those situations and um, get the family straight and get that structure back to where it's supposed to be. Ladies? Um, This is Tammy. I do agree with Trent to um, a certain degree. However, because I I do believe that the, the man should be, is, and does set the tone for the household. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to take it back to, um, and Rodney, you know this, uh, with, with Gator Consulting, I have, thank God, I've been able to um, just put more time into my business, thank God, and in doing this, it has allowed, it has opened the doors for me to sit down with many, many couples. Um, and it is truly heartbreaking to see, to hear, but also to get an understanding of life for me when it comes to family, love, marriage in which I think is the foundation for this world. Like I think family, particularly marriage, family, children, that foundation of that family is one of the most important things because to be able to unite and become one with someone else, to me, is to understand the oneness with the Creator. And I feel that we've not or we don't take the time, tap into Romans 12, which Mary just just talked about, to where we can, we work to be transformed so that we can, so that we can know and do know and understand the perfect will of God so that we can carry that out, that our focus has become so self-centered until I sit before couples looking at them, both in the same room and say to them, you are both wanting, asking for, and in need of the same thing, but you're so caught up in your own offenses, in yourself, you cannot hear, you cannot hear the father of the children that you brought into this world. You cannot hear and or meet the needs of the mother of the children that you brought into this world. You're so caught up in yourself that you no longer have a why. You're no longer interested in creating a home, a legacy for your children, your grandchildren. You're so caught up in whatever the next piece of, and I'm going to say this, the next piece of ass or the next fish that you can catch out of the lake that you chose because you know what you want is in it, regardless of how it comes out. 
And sometimes so much so that if it comes out what you want, then you have so many parameters around it. If it's not as crispy as you want it, if it's not a catfish rather than a tilapia, you don't want it. So that's just how much you're into yourself. And so I would say that it's because we, again, we have become our own gods. That we're so caught up in satisfying our own souls that the very soul that we want to satisfy, at the end of the day, it's going to burn in hell if you do if you do so believe in heaven and hell. So, so what is it all? Do you agree with me or disagree with me, Tyler? I agree with you when it circles back around, but even as that man or that woman, it starts with knowing that there's a higher being than yourself. In order for you to be that man, to lead that household, that man has to surrender to God and his perfect will. That man has to recognize that he has to first desire to be pleasing to God in the sight of God in order to turn around and lead his wife and his family. That God has to be first in his life, even before me. And women need to start wanting a man who says, you do not become, you do not come before God. You do not come before my Lord and Savior. So tell the folks how one actually could actually see that within a man. Tell people what? I said tell the folks how one could actually see that within a man. If he's explaining all that, he's actually showing they gotta himself see that to God. God. They got to they see God and see themselves in that God. Like a woman, just like for you guys, a, a man cannot be all that a woman wants to see. So, see, you can go get a man or a woman in that perspective any day, any time, from anywhere. Mm-hmm. But that the, the man that we're talking about, that you you have to have. You have to have kingdom, kingdom eyes to see that and understand what that means. You have to be willing to know that he or she is not perfect and understand that in a whole different light. Because otherwise, you're going to be forever divorcing, remarrying, falling in and out of love. This relationship, that relationship, so much so that you don't even know who the hell you are anymore. Because you got all this stuff on you, all these spirits, all this, this, and I think you said, Trent, um, before the sweat dries. You got so much sweat on you here, you can't distinguish your sweat from the others. So you become intertwined. You are are them now. And God's will is so far from you because of that, Mm -hmm. that you become your own God. And to me, that's what has happened to family, marriage. And you guys, I'm telling you, I'm seeing it every day so much so until I just literally had to step back and take a break. I can't do this this week because I'm so sick of people coming before me and saying the same thing, desiring the same thing, caught up in the world so they can't distinguish the difference or even how, how to acquire what they really, really want. And that is sickening and a very sad case. You have people saying, but we go to church and we do this. Really? How is it showing up in your life? It's not if you go yeah. to church. If you, are, are you church? Do people know, do people see church in you at work? You, leave, you go Sunday, but who do you show up being on Monday? 
Who do you leave Sunday evening being? Is your light a little brighter than the next? But we look like the world because we've become the world, because we're seeking the world. We desire the world. And you can't have both. You cannot serve two gods, period. You can't be God and try to serve God. You got to know that all your strengths and everything about you, who you are, comes from a higher power. And that you have no control, no control over what happens in life. All you can do is be willing to accept God's will and trust. That's it. That's it. And open yourself up to life. That's it. You cannot control. Church doors are not open. Church doors are not open. That's good stuff there, Tammy. (laughs) Tamari has something to say. Hold on. It's really quick. I'll just say that I think it's both individuals when God is not in the center. So I feel like you both touched on that, but I, I would say that it's both individuals because, like, a woman can easily put the man before God and he ain't having that and vice versa. And I do agree with Tammy as well that, like both parties have to watch their decisions as it relates to, you know, individuals they may see who they think fills the void. It's the 80-20 rule. You might think that that AstroTurf is where it is, but that's exactly what it is. It's fake. So, like, recognizing the blessing that God has put in our life and not leaving the first person, which is him. It's good stuff. Okay, well, let me pose a question. <laughs> I I do agree with Trent, and I do agree with Tammy. Now, what happens if you are married and you have two sets of different foundations that's come together? You both go to mm. church. Um, well, one foundation is raised on let's say, a single family home, a provider type of thing, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to take care of my family, and that's how they express their love. And then the other foundation is from a two-parent home where it's work, mother and father is working together, and there's equally love shown apart, there's affection there, it's a balance. And then you merge these two together. Is that unequally yoked? Is that not love? Is that not believing in Christ? Because you have two different foundations. Who's right and who's wrong? This is Tammy, and I I, want to go back to what you said, how you posed the question, how you started it out, that you have people that go to church. And I think it's time for us, me personally, I get what you're saying, but to take the focus off going to church and being the church Because regardless of where you come from That goes back to Having a place Or a person To blame To say this is why I am This is why I cannot This is why I do this And you have to get to a point Where even where it says You just got to get off the milk You got to take the word for what it is And realize I am a grown-ass man or woman now. 
what Mama did, and I'm going to say Mama and them, Daddy and them, what they did, what they didn't do, has nothing to do with my decision to be who I am today. Because you can well, tell I me. I kind of disagree on, on no, that. you can tell you, and you have a right to. But you can tell me your story, and I can show you somebody else whose story was ten times worse than yours, and they came through because why? They made a decision. That I'm not saying the stories are different. Everybody got different stories, and everybody got different trials and tribulations, and everybody goes to different different ways. Is different. I don't think no trials and tribulations are bigger or better. It depends on the person. What may affect mm-hmm. me and my husband, the next couple may cannot handle that, and vice versa. I think but. it depends on the in the individuals or how they handle things. And when I say go to church, not just sitting in the pews and just confessing that you go to church on Sunday. I mean, it's more to that. Going to church, believing in God, reading your word, doing what you do supposedly as a Christian. But sometimes as a couple and as life, life kind of overshadows what the Bible says, and you lose the translation of what to do. And sometimes the things that we're taught and things that we're seeing are already embedded in us, and it's hard to just shake that off and go straight right. to the word. But it's hard to shake it off, but that doesn't mean you cannot shake it off. And the and the day that you give in to it's hard to shake it off is the day that you lose. You can recognize and take ownership that it's hard to shake it off. That means that's why you have to work harder. Trust me, I could tell you some I could tell you my life story and you would be like, "Well, damn, really?" But I make a choice every day not to be but that. That's your story. Oh, but that is your and story. That's what I do. You have to make that choice. I, as long as I was, I was, I had a reason to be and stay that I gave into, and that may not work for you, but there's something that will work for you or the next person. You just have to be willing to find that something, tap into it, and stay consistent with it. It takes action. It's not. A, that's why I said about going to the church because so many people think that if I go then I'm going to be able to be. You have to make a conscious decision and commit to that decision every day, sometimes every second. There are days I get up and I have to pull myself out of my own hell. But I realize enough now that that hell, I choose. I will choose death before I go back to that mindset or that life. And you, every person, in my opinion, has to get to that. They have to first find that something. After identifying well, whatever that hell is, but you said that well, they, well, they have to get off the Similac, but that they don't have to necessarily be on Similac to get off of that. Just because that's just your stronghold right now, you still got to fight through. You still got to whatever. Whatever. See, to me, you make a choice whether it is to focus on the stronghold or how to get out of it. You, your energy and your choice is going to go somewhere today. It went somewhere today, and it's going to go somewhere tomorrow. I, that that's yeah. what works for me. It's just okay. living my own truth and learning that I, I can't yeah. stay on the Similac. I can make a choice, well, but wherever of, you are today, you've made a choice to be there. Period. That's how I feel. <laughs> I like. That's how. That's wanna, what works. I, I want to. This is right now. I want to get. I, I want to get Trent in here because I can. I can hear Trent trying to uh, make a point, and 
And Tamari's sitting next to me trying to make a point, too. So let me go to Trent real quick, and then I want to get to Mary also. Uh, Trent, go ahead. Right. Well, speaking speaking of the, speaking of the church and, 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 you know, finding yourself within the church, I'll tell you this. I've been a Jehovah's Witness. I've been a Muslim. I've been a Baptist. I've been a non-denomination. I didn't find God in neither one of those uh, those religions. Yeah. I found God when both my lungs collapsed in Atlanta, Georgia, in 2011 when I actually went to that light. So when we talk about church and continuously going to church and doing this and doing that, everyone, every every individual on this planet we call Earth has a relationship with God, whether they want to believe it or not. It just depends on where they find him. Because he's not looking for you. He's already there. Depends on where you find I just happened to find him once these lungs collapsed. And I'd been in all these different religions and didn't see him, didn't speak to him. But once I actually slipped off and expired for, for, for about an hour or so, I realized that he was always there since the age of four. So it, it's about where, where, where we actually find him. He's always there. It doesn't have to be in a Catholic church. It doesn't have to be in a Baptist church. It doesn't have to be in any church for that matter because I didn't find him in neither one of those places. Not with the witnesses knocking on them damn doors. Not at, not, not at the Baptist church. Not with the Muslims praising Allah and none of that stuff. When it got real, when my life, when I expired, that's when I, that's when I found him. He was always there. So this whole thing about church and church this and church that and the Bible this and the Bible that, I have a true connection every single day to my maker through meditation and prayer, truly connected. That may be unorthodox for a lot of folks, but for me, it works for me and and my walk in this path on life. But, you know, I don't think that, you know, you, you find him in one particular place whether it be a Baptist church or whether it be that white Jesus over there and whatever, you know, so, you know, you find him wherever, wherever you find, whatever in your heart, he's always in the heart. And we go, if we go past the soul, we find that we have to search from within first. Then we'll get a clear understanding of what's going on with the world. And that's when we connect it to God. When we actually tap into that inner soul. That's just my belief. And I'll say the operative thing here is everybody does have different experiences and everyone um, encounters God how they encounter God. Mm-hmm. So I would just say it's recognizing that everyone's not going to do the, what, things the way we do them, and there's nothing right. wrong with that. The same way we all have different gifts and how we use them might be different, but that would just mm-hmm. be the thing that I've gotten out of this, the the end of this conversation is that we all have different experiences, and what God wants to reveal to each one of us in his time, and he will do. Exactly, and it's, it's, it's always going back to the same source. So God is God, no matter what you call him, but it all, all of our experiences go back to the same source. It's up to him to choose which way he go with, you know, Rodney's sister-in-law, Rodney's wife, Rodney or Tammy or myself. That, that, that's up to him. That's up to his discretion as long as we get to him. So have he used us, that's totally up to him. No one should be questioning that. And I do feel, this is Tammy, I do feel that 
the things that happen, occur in our life, in my opinion, is God's way of of of, of speaking to us. I, I truly believe that. For me, it has come to that realization that if you allow your your story to become your glory, your pain to become your passion, it is there that life speaks to you every day. And if you would stop and, and not speaking to anyone, but for me, the day that I stopped looking for a reason or someone to blame or reason to stay in my own BS, is when I started to grow. When I no longer blamed my mom, my dad, the passing of my grandma, the hurt, the the domestic violence within my family, the the crazy ass people in my family. When I said I am not what I see, I am not what I've seen. I serve a greater God who speaks different, who created me for different. My life opened. However, that does not mean that I am invisible to pain, to disappointment, to hurt. That does not mean that I'm invisible to all of that. Because because God, what I also found out in the midst of that is when you come into that light, that God uses you. You're giving him permission to use you. Not that he needs it. But it changes your life. It changes your walk, your talk. It changes you. And that's what I mean by whatever you're looking for, it's not in somebody else. However you're offended, you're offended for a reason. It's like kicking a sword that never healed. Everything that you're looking for is in you. Every time somebody hurts you, you something in, something in you invited that pain in. Whether we, for me, I'll say that the owning that was an awakening for me, because for me that meant I was taking control of my life, not what happens in my life. Because I said earlier, you have no control. You can't even keep yourself from going to the bathroom. You can sit and try not to blink your eye, but when it's time, baby, it's gonna blink. So knowing. Knowing, recognize that I am not my own. I didn't create me. But what I can do is embrace every moment of breath that God has given me in knowing and stop judging, blaming, accusing, hurting for something that I have no control over. To me, for me, that was an awakening. And it doesn't mean that I have perfect days every day. But I'm able to recognize and find something to do, whether it's turn on a song, read a verse, listen to Soulful Sunday, read a quote. My house, uh, I, people will come in here and think I'm crazy now. I have post-it notes in my bathroom, in my kitchen, in my bedroom to get me through. Because the minute you step into any kind of light is the very day that the other world, the darkness, is after you. And that's, I think, we fail in in making sure that people recognize this, that you have a battle on your life like none other. So how do you fight that battle? How do you fight it? That becomes your question. That may be different for everybody, 
Mine again, sticky notes, reading my word, songs, dancing like I'm at a party by myself. Whatever it takes, that's what I do. And it, when you get to a point when it doesn't matter how it looks to someone else, as long as you got through that BS and you're back on track, that's what matters. Mm. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give everyone on this call um, I guess a few minutes to leave closing remarks and and also open the invitation to hear everyone else's closing remarks just because we normally don't do this and we have not done this Tammy in probably a year and a half maybe two years um, probably because my main man Trent fell off with you know my sports report I guess now he got to update me on the Yankees because football oh and basketball are over. <laughs> oh, he got to at least call in and tell me about the daggery shot. But I, I, I'm going to say this before I turn this over to you guys, and then and, and then I'll uh, end the show. Uh, and that goes for uh, Tammy, Trent, Mary, Tasha. Um, what I will say is this. As far as the show goes, Tammy and I knew early on today that tonight's show was going to go over our normal schedule time. We knew that. And for me, I think that we knew that when we got so hyped about the show that it was very difficult for us to get off the phone earlier because Tammy and I never talk about the shows. We don't. What may happen is Tammy might call me and say, hey, I have this idea. I might call Tammy and say, hey, I have this idea. Um, There might be a couple of text messages, but normally – there is no preparation for these shows. None. And today was just different. And we had a show idea in mind two weeks ago. And like I told you guys before, like we, we were so set to talk about um, this this topic I heard on the radio about the way women like leave the house and um, the dress.